The material provided today is for informational purposes only. It should not be considered legal or financial advice. Consult with a financial professional for your own needs. Johnny Sestina and Company disclaims any and all liability for the interpretation and use of the content provided today. I need help getting out of my student loan I'm debt. so worried. How am I going to afford taking care of my When's parents? When's a good time to get into the market? I'm really not sure when I should start taking my Social Security. I wonder if I have enough insurance. I wonder when I can retire. It's time to talk about your money. Managing to be wealthy. Our team of fee-only financial planners is ready to help you to create better financial habits. Envision your long-term goals and understand money management better than ever. Our resident hosts of Johnny, Sestina, and Company are on deck to show you the way. Welcome to Managing to be Wealthy, your weekly financial planning radio show. I'm your host, Stephen Lucan. Joining me on today's show is fellow certified financial planner, Tony Payne, and John Sestina. Good evening, guys. Good evening, sir. Great to be with you. Good to be here. Good to be seen. Had a couple weeks off. Did a trip out to Las Vegas. Uh, came back with a little bit of what I left with. So a suntan? Right. Did you come back with at least a suntan? <laughs> suntan and Excellent. a good uh, NFL game. So, Oh, you did go see the football. Yes, That's the football right. game was good. Okay. The stadium is fantastic. So, well, that's uh, Vegas. Yes, exactly. So, But one thing I did notice was inflation, John. No. Things, as I travel, things are more expensive. You must be kidding. I've I've brought this up several times. We and, have talked about this. And the world thinks I'm nuts. So, <laughs> Well, I got proof now. Go ahead, Tony. I'm, I'm jumping off topic here, but you brought up your trip. Did you notice all the buffets closed? Yes. That's part of this inflation stuff, yes. isn't it? Yeah. I mean, you think about that, and there's a direct impact for what we were used to. Now it's changing. Yeah, the world is changing, right? The restaurants, the the buffets that once ruled Vegas are not as frequent. Um, yep. I believe the the notorious one, Bellagio one, is still closed. I, I don't th- even know if they're opening. I think so. Again, right. it's part of the shortages, et cetera. Yeah. I mean, yeah. some of the protocols. I think protocols. the win had the biggest bestest one. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Okay. I'm not a, a high roller like you, John. I don't go to the win. <laughs> <laughs> And it was good when I went there 20 years ago or whatever it was, (laughs) five years ago. (laughs) All right, good. Well, here's some proof for inflation. Uh, Analyst Chuck Grom of Gordon Haskett Equity Research studied prices at Dollar General and in in the Southwest and family dollar stores in the Northeast to show a price comparison year over year from 2020 to 2021. Our friends in Washington, D.C. are claiming inflation to be around, what, 5%? Uh-huh. Heavy inflation, 5%, right? And we joke because we think that's not true. Right. And where, where we're seeing inflation is in the grocery stores, where we spend our money more frequently, not where the government thinks that we spend our money. So a dozen grade-A eggs in 2020 was $1.25 on average. Now, you got a 20% increase or $1.50. That's well, what 20, a deal. Huh? Right, good yeah, deal, 20%. See? There you go, not 5%. I got it. A 12-pack of Pepsi, very commonly purchased. In 2020, it was $3.33. In 2021, it's five ninety-five. Okay, so we're seeing 10 to 20% here. Uh, things from Pop-Tarts, he did coffee, uh, Philadelphia cream cheese, body wash, all these, all these products. And the lowest one I saw was like 8% all listed it's all 10 to 20 percent across the board and this is where we spend our money uh 
I think people are talking about gas, but I think gas is more volatile all the time. Yeah, food and energy, that's why they exclude them, though. But what you're saying is real. It's what people spend money on. Right, grocery store. Yeah, the overall basket, though, I mean, the tennis shoes you buy, the TV, that stuff may be going down. I mean, cars have gone up recently, too, but a lot of those other goods is where it evens out. But when you're thinking about the less you may have as discretionary income, the more this stuff really matters. The more you have, this inflation may not matter so much. But those on the lower end or those who don't have as much, I mean, the eggs that you just mentioned, Stephen, that's a huge increase. Sure. twenty. It's 20%. Yeah, that's right? huge. Even though it's a dollar or something, it's still 20%. But, well, what about the most fundamental food that there is, Stephen? Peanut butter? Bread? Well, yeah, peanut butter is great. <laughs> uh, bacon? Bread. Bacon. Bacon. <laughs> okay, all right. All right. I'll, I'll agree, John. Yep. $7. Yeah. It used to be like a dollar or something okay. like that. So outrageous. It is. It is. Um, and then I saw, I read another thing from a, an economist at Moody's Analytics, Mark Zandi. He said for the U.S. median, uh, U.S. median annual income of about $70,000, the current inflation rate has forced people to spend another $175 a month. Yeah, and that's basically that. where the money is going mm-hmm. is a heavily, heavily inflationary environment. So, and we've, we've said that this is not a short-term thing. This looks to be a extended inflationary period we could see this for a couple more years yep right the good news hopefully for some is i mean we just saw it in this jobs report leisure and hospitality wages were up 10 percent year to year so if you are that family earning seventy thousand, hopefully that 10 percent increase hit you correct and you've got to be paying attention to that too because if you're not keeping up or you're not being mindful of that you're losing to inflation actively losing throughout the year right and i think that's the double that's the double uh, edge sword is we haven't seen the wage inflation yet because once that kicks in that's going to flow through to to the prices as well um how any other tips for everyone out there john on how well, to fight inflation inflation wage inflation is always behind inflation so you're always playing catch up so prices go up getting your wages up takes a little while so that's a this this is inflation is serious that's why we talked about it before and people need to start assuming it's here and certainly in their financial plan they need to provide for inflation because in the past what has it been two percent yeah yeah it's the, the marking has been around two to three percent right right exactly and it's strange to me tony that just because fuel and what else did you say energy yeah well, energy energy and, and food food and energy, energy and food you want to exclude it. Yeah. You think it's okay to yeah, exclude that. Because Tony doesn't eat and he doesn't drive I anywhere. Guess, yeah. <laughs> well, you want to talk about an inflation as a measure over time. You want a constant. Again, if you thought about those same eggs in that same example, they should be $9 now if they inflated like everything else. So the fact that they inflated short terms, why we strip them out normally. Okay. Speaking for us in the economist crowd. Right, but from a spending perspective, it's real. Right, exactly. Yeah, for yeah, that boy, family yeah, that man. only are, has are so you, much. Are you claiming economist intelligence? Uh, yeah, kind of. Oh, my <laughs> Lord. That's a high-level well, thing. Well, let's move on, Steve. All right. <laughs> but, but it goes back, regardless of how you measure inflation, but that's where we always say your, your inflation lies within your spending. Right. And why, that's why it's important to track your spending. Right. And even for people, I, I know people who do their Airbnb vacations year over year, you're seeing 30, 40 percent increases. Right. Because of real uh, housing costs and, and rents and everything like that. So wherever you spend your money, track it, monitor it and measure it year over year.
that's your inflationary number. Right. And you've got to be keeping up and saving for keeping up. Right. I mean, that's the other part. If you were just saving and you were used to saving for a certain, let's say, lifestyle amount, are you accounting for inflation? Are you accounting for accounting for it going up? How about your emergency fund? Good point, John. Right, yeah. right. That same $500 at Home Depot does not go the same length it used to go. The one thing that people have ignored is insurance policies, right? Cost of reconst- uh, of lumber, cost of construction. Make sure that you have your replacement cost coverage increased. But I'm hearing in uh, spikes in insurance premiums, significant increases across the board uh, on property and casualty insurance. So it's all out there. So... Wonderful time. <laughs> Got to be mindful. Where you guys your are reminding are me more and more of the 70s. You know? <laughs> going to start well, growing my hair out? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Right. Got some Thank polyester. God, get out my Eagles volume. Get some you know? polyester and uh, uh, bell-bottom pants, and we're good to go. Well, the good news is, though, John, we were able to deal with that then, and I say we collectively, but with financial planning, there are ways to try to stay ahead of some of this inflation. There stuff. are. Yeah. That's what I was swimming through when I was a young man. Excellent. Well, Tony, to your point about saving, right? So you have to increase your savings. I'm concerned about the limits on savings, right? They they build in inflationary limits to increase your IRA savings, your 401k. Are we going to see that? Mm-hmm. Mm. I I don't think we ha- are. We have. They haven't announced it yet. They being our friends in D.C. You're not talking about what's in the uh, proposed well, legislation. We right? are going to be talking about that, yeah, but, but it's not, not about yet. savings. Not yet. No. <laughs> that's going to be talking about taxes. I so, know. you know, when we come back from the break here, we, we keep digging on these tax proposals. We're finding more and more concerns over what is going to be taxed, how it's going to be taxed. And it is going to be a war on wealth that is coming up here. So when we come back from oh, the wait, break. Wait, wait, I don't, wanna, no, I don't wait. like that. War on wealth, war on people. Okay. It's not wealth only. That's a good point. Yeah, and I'll let you elaborate on that when we come back. You're listening to Managing to Be Wealthy on News Radio 610 WTVN. You're listening to Managing to Be Wealthy with fee-only financial planners of Johnny, Sestina, and Company. If you're looking for the latest stock tip or how to time the market, you've come to the wrong place. If you want help navigating all the moving pieces of what makes a financial plan successful, tune in and take notes. Welcome back to Managing to Be Wealthy, your weekly financial planning radio show. I'm your host, Stephen Lucan. First segment, we talked about inflation. This segment, we're going to talk about John's favorite topic, taxes. <laughs> John, I made a comment about the tax proposal that's out there is a war on wealth, and you uh, quickly uh, stopped me and said it's a war on people. At that's right. Why? Well, what's happening? Well, the first thing we're the first indicator is the inflation. That's a tax on everyone. And everyone, regardless of their income, is getting hit with this thing. And that's a real killer for whom the lowest income people, they get hurt the most by this thing. So that's that. The other thing is they keep talking about 400,000 and they're going to only abuse those people. Well, when you look at the numbers, there are all kinds of other things that have nothing to do with that, that increase your taxes or restrict your savings or opportunities. Yeah. So... I hate this, that they keep pushing it to the wealthy and then they sell people a bill of goods. They go, well, this is just for the wealthy. So we don't have to worry because we're not wealthy. We only make $299,000. Right. Once they get their nose in your tent, you're going to be gobbled. Okay. Tony, you made a comment at the break about we were claiming inflation is a bad thing and you're like, it's not necessarily a bad thing. So elaborate because yeah, your no, point no. is good. I mean, there, there's, it, it all comes back to where you're at maybe in the world, but the idea of wage inflation, 
I mean, when there's zero wage inflation or depending, I mean, and there's great productivity increases, something may not be adding up. I mean, we're all for good free markets, and that's saying something's not working right, maybe. So finally, you're seeing wage inflation with cost inflation. And like John was saying, if wages just went up 10% over the last year, and they're a trailing indicator of inflation, we're probably going to see a lot more inflation coming. But the idea that, you know, if you were an hourly wage employee and your increase was from year to year, two cents per hour, which happens in companies and happens to people, they're stuck. But when they finally have a competitive market or maybe a little bit more on the increase side, there's finally some mobility. But then all these price increases wipe some of that out. So that's where it really comes back to where are you in the world and how are you spending your dollars? Okay. Well, we could uh, deal with this in a real mature way. And that was the way of our forefathers. How's that? Well, how long were they in Congress when they served? Well, not all the forefathers were, but what, yeah. Yep. So, um, so our government, when it was functioning back in the day, how long were the, were the government, was the government in session, so to speak? A couple months out of the year, not That's even the right. full year. I not think it was two months. Year. And they and were then, representatives of their constituents, their friends That's in right. that area, and they had one person go represent them at the government level. That's right, and then uh, they would go home and go to work. Yeah. That part is the what is missing in our Congress. Sure. These people need to work a little bit because they sit around saying, oh, well, we have time, let's uh, change the law, or let's do this, or let's make... You know, we believe in free enterprise capitalism, and that's surely the best system if they will stop messing with it, mm-hmm. let it roll. Yeah. And then it'll work itself. It'll take a while for the rolling to clear, clear itself out, but then people can be better off. Right. I mean, let me go back in time for just a second, but this example is so true. You think about what people wanted way back when. They wanted the oil companies, and I mean the oil companies way back, Standard Oil. So back in the was, eight, nine, early 1900s? Early 1900s, okay. John Rockefeller's group, etc. But they wanted to break them up, use the antitrust rules. If you would have just let them grow and the free market grow, would there be more competitors to oil or this whole climate thing they talk about too? I mean, that was caused by government. Government came in and said, no, let's make it fair so everybody can get oil for cheap, quote-unquote, instead of letting the people who found it, sold it, did every part of the line there, they broke them up. And the same thing even with Boeing. I mean, little do we know that Boeing and United Airlines were founded by the same guy. But government said, oh, no, you can't make planes and fly them for people. you got to have two separate companies. So when we think about how much government has interfered and how much regulation has come down through the years, I mean, what you're saying, John, is exactly true. And the more they, dare I say, muck it up, the more that it's going to cost people. And that's what we're talking about here. Yeah. Do you, do you want to talk to listeners about the government regulating our bank accounts? Oh, gosh. <laughs> Tony loves this one. I'm going to just keep this one. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. No, there's the proposal out there where, you know, to report to the IRS any transactions above $600. Wait, uh, wait, stop a minute. It's automatic by the banks. uh, The banks report. Yes, even even more clear, John. You're right. The banks are the ones to report this, that burdensome requirement. I mean, just think about, we joke about it, but those trips to Home Depot, nowadays, there's going to be a lot of $600 transactions. Let alone how do they keep those private and secure from other state entities that might want to get our identities or where we're shopping. So the idea that there's all these tax cheats out there, that's what they're trying to push in this. And it's, again, like you always say, John, the camel getting its nose in the tent and the idea of all your transactions going to the IRS, that should be kind of a scary thing, I think. 
It's very scary. I mean, how much is six hundred dollars? I mean, no, you go to the car dealership and get your car fixed, and yeah. like, boom, there's one, right? Yeah. Uh, you, you a hot go, water heater, there's another one, right? It happens quite, go a, quite a, a bit. Go buy a couch or yeah. go, you know, go buy a lamp oh, or something. You I'll know. say it this way: it was about three hundred and fifty dollars in nineteen ninety-seven. That's how much six hundred is. That's how yeah. much inflation's changed. It's not a lot. No, it's not. It's not. Um, and, and when that's we think frightening. About it, that it is frightening to think that the banks will be required to send it to the IRS your transactionary reports for anything over $600. I mean, this is just... I'm sure everyone's going to agree that we've seen the great, uh, dare I say, um, ethics in government lately (laughs) to think that some people, whatever, right or left or whoever, to think that if they can't pry in your personal business that they wouldn't. I mean, if the information's there and someone wants to get after you, it seems like... Hey, that's something they might use. Yeah, well, surely we can count on the FBI. Oh, let's not go there, John. But <laughs> I, I, you, I, you get me fired up here. We should probably get well, back I'm to playing. I'm trying to help you be honest here, Tony. Yeah. After all, yep. So no, again, right. this is a that's a, a consumer awareness thing. This this that I don't know if it's a proposal, but yeah. it's, it's yeah, something. It's, it's out there, right? They, so who knows? It'll and, come to come to fruition one day. Right. Some have said to push it to ten thousand. The idea still stays the same, though. Well, that's the point. They have these programs that you're trying to put this proposal by the uh, I guess Democrats at this point if they put that through and even if they lower the price from 3.5 to 2.5 or whatever that's really not the point right the point is the programs and people don't even know what they are and so once they get them in they become you know what do you call them your Locked in indulgences? No, that's yeah. No, they're they're part of the bureaucracy, though. I mean, they're part they're of the part machine. Of, yeah, but there's yeah. a word for it, like Social Security entitlements. Entitlements. There you go. And so they become entitlements, and then once that's happening, there's no control over them. And, you're, and at that point, crazy. you're splitting hairs over the dollar amounts. No different than the taxes, right? It's all about splitting hair. We're splitting, arguing over what percentages should be taxed and what dollar amounts should be taxed. But as you said, once the foundation is set. They can, they're going to just argue that point left and right yep. every every four years. And go nowhere. And go nowhere. And that's that's the problem. The more of these they put out, the other point of this, the more of these they put out, the more they can confuse you. So there's 10 chips on the table now instead of four, and so they just move the 10, and all of a sudden you're confused instead of being able to deal more focused with the four. And they break you down slowly. Yes, right? they it's do. It's just a slow, slow breakdown. I'm you know? glad I'm old, Steve. There you go. <laughs> well, this tax proposal, again, we, we're, we'll get to it, but here it is. The one that I, that stood out to me, and and this was a really good article um, in Financial Planning Magazine, the magazine periodical we get. Uh, Lindley Browning wrote a couple uh, pieces on this, so I want to give her credit. The one that stood out to me is people are talking about the income limits at 400000 and I, this was six months ago. Someone asked me, is it 400 per person or 400 per couple? They, it was never defined. Right. Now, Lindley Brownie saying it's actually 400 for the individual, but for married couples, it's 450. Right. That seems a little bit weird. Uh, are we going to get a lot more single filers? That's what we call a marriage penalty. Right. I mean, that's what we, quote, avoided in 2001 with that tariff. And we're coming up on a break here, and we're going to keep going on this. You're listening to Managing to be Wealthy on News Radio 610 WTVN. Welcome back to Managing to be Wealthy, your weekly financial planning radio show. I'm your host, Stephen Lucan. Joining me on today's show is fellow certified financial planner, Tony Payne, 
and John Sestina. Before we continue with our tax uh, proposal that's on the table, our discussion with the tax proposal, if you'd like to learn a little bit more about John E. Sestina and Company and the Managing to Be Wealthy process, you can look us up on the web at managingtobewealthy.com and contact us through the uh, contact page there. Uh, John, Tony, uh, we started talking about this tax proposal that's that's out there, and it's slowly getting more and more information, and it's close to being at least uh, presented right for vote. Uh, the one that stood out to me was the limits on the income, where it, it was the higher taxes, increasing the tax rate for those who earn four hundred thousand dollars, and we learned that's for individual, but for married couples filing joint is four hundred fifty thousand dollars. Not much difference. And Tony, you talked, made a comment about the marriage penalty. Yeah. I mean, literally, this would be encouraging people not to get married, to file separately. Bingo. Then you each get two hundred or $400,000. And then, oh, now it goes up to 800000 instead of the four fifty that it is if you're married. And these are things where we see it. It's a direct disincentive here. We want to encourage things like that. And this doesn't. No, there's a, I, I haven't been able to find the writings yet, but there's uh, some discussion that being married will be a tax penalty. So this is an example of that, in my opinion. So you'll see that the people will be finding other little limitations like this that could be harmful. Right. No, so it's... promoting, you know, no parents, let schools take over, uh, no husband and wife, you know, just live together, whatever's all going on. You know, the things that are happening that seem to be current, but, May or may not be good, and and this is again these are this was just the one thing that stood out to me. A couple other items that I read was regarding uh, the estate tax, which we've talked a lot about. And for those listeners, if you want to listen to past episodes, you can find us on iTunes and and do a little search there. Um, but the estate tax proposal, one of the ways people have always combated estate taxes through trusts. And uh, removing assets of your estates into a trust, which would be excluded from the estate tax calculation. And now this proposal is eliminating, the, the proposal that's on the table is going to eliminate those tools. Yep. And John, I mean, this is this is significant. We talked about uh, grats and gruts and crats and cruts and eyelets and all these alphabet soups of estate planning. This is This is a game changer. Well, this is a game changer, and I'm really upset about it because when I had to start, I had to get a book on trusts and try to understand it. It was so complicated. But the short of it is a trust is another entity. This comes from English law, I believe. And so it's a separate entity. And so that's what happens. We set up these trusts, all the variances you talked about, and they have different regulations. Some pay taxes, some don't pay taxes. Uh, some hold things and are irrevocable, some are not, but it's not so complicated. The most common use, of course, is for people to buy life insurance in a trust. And that trust would be irrevocable, which means you can't change it once it's set up, and it would typically own life insurance. Therefore, since the individual did not own the life insurance, the trust owned the life insurance, it would not be included in your estate. But don't worry because they're also proposing on lowering the exemption. Yeah. So. <laughs> it, and it's it just, and if you think about it, if 40%, right? So anything of, if in your estate that's above the limit of what they're 
claiming to be $5.5 million per person. And again, if this marriage thing comes, keeps go- going, but or $11 million per couple, anything above that limit, 40% is going to Uncle Sam in the estate tax. And, and let's remember the logic here. That money had to come from somewhere. And wherever that money was, you were accumulating something on it. You were paying taxes on it. You had to distribute it and pay taxes on it. That's money that's already had taxes on it. Multiple so times. So to take the 40% yeah. after, I mean, I'm just going through the yeah. concept here because it's so infuriating. But the idea is after you've gone, lived your life, retired, whatever you had left, if you have, quote, too much left, um, amount above this threshold, 40% of it goes away. And just think of the nature of that. Of course you're going to do something to avoid that. So whether it's a trust and they get rid of the trust, there's going to be what they call avoidance, and that's the term. And it's not always illegal. It's just by structuring things differently, by sometimes using planning. Well, it's and, never illegal if right. you avoid. No, you're right, John. It's you're within right. the law. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. It's using the rules. It's not yeah. even a loophole. It's using the rules. Yeah. So when we talk about that with this tax stuff, that's where – Dare I say, it's going to get that much harder for those at the lower end of the spectrum or who don't have as much. Those who have the resources to hire a team of attorneys are going to figure a way out of this. So don't let ourselves get fooled into thinking this is only going to affect one group. They'll move. Yeah, they'll move. The, the rich will move. They'll go to, you know, to their, like, uh, who, who is it, the famous actor who has a mansion in France, mm-hmm. and he's done his uh, wine or something else over there with liquor or whatever the case. That's what you do. You move out of the tax system. And so you see that already with the changes being made, the regulations being imposed, the taxes being proposed. We already have some companies that are moving back to Europe. I saw on the news this morning that Kellogg's. Yeah. Kellogg's. You know what Kellogg Kellogg's is it's an institution. Yeah. It's you know, it's US Midwest, of Michigan, Michigan. I'm telling you what, how can you have Tony the Tiger in in China? So <laughs> <laughs> we've got to pay attention. The other thing that's really interesting about all these changes, first of all, you know who's to blame for all this? Me? I don't know. The <laughs> kind of. Kind of. No, the voter. Oh, sure. Absolutely right. well, I am the voter. one of them, right? So. Okay? Because here, look what's happening here. People still don't know what's in this bill, and they're trying to pass it. So why are they able to put together this omnibus bill where there's tons of stuff, 2,600 pages, and no one knows what's in it, and they're going to vote? Why can they do that? Should be one item, one bill, one point. Single item vote. And follow the process, the process of which is it goes to committee, you discuss it, and so on. So we are so far out of the realm of our uh, representative government, it just you know may agitate me, Tony. No, you've got it. And again, I mean, one of the proposals here, too, and we're just going to keep rolling, but you think about changing the rules on capital gains taxes. I mean, I think that's a common trope nowadays, the idea that, you know, capital gains means that someone pays a lower rate than what working people do. But there are different types of income. And that's why the tax system was incentivizing, hey, instead of just showing up to work, which is noble, great, excellent, we have to have that. You want to build a business. You want to build something that's greater long term. Well, there's a benefit from that for all of society. So you want to encourage that kind of thing. You don't want to penalize that. If you're going to be in the same tax rate for what you've built year over year over year, you're either going to slow down 
You're not going to do it. You're going to avoid it, like you said, John. Maybe do it somewhere else. Maybe go somewhere where that same great idea, you're going to have less headwinds going against you. So that's where we know this is going with this capital gain stuff, too. The idea that you want to encourage long-term business development. And that's why we treat capital gains different than ordinary income. I talked to a guy guy today who was not up to to speed on on taxes. He said he's selling his house. So he said, how much can I roll it over and not pay tax? And I had to bury, bury him with the bad news. You're going to pay capital gain tax on this sucker because it's a multimillion dollar place. Right, right. So it kills the, it's just confusing. It's not necessary. And that's why you do your financial planning. And Stephen, take it home. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah. And the, the one John and I are going to start drinking out of our bottle here. <laughs> yeah, and 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 people think you know you can look at these numbers that that's not a lot, but oh. one day it may be within your your range, and then it will be a big deal to you. And for some people, it is a big deal. For those who were on the East Coast or West Coast in these large net worth areas, this is going to be a big big deal. And you talk about the voters. So uh, when we come back from the break, we're going to continue our talk on this tax proposal. You've been listening to Managing to be Wealthy on News Radio 610 WTVN. You're listening to Managing to be Wealthy with fee-only financial planners of Johnny, Sestina, and Company. If you're looking for the latest stock tip or how to time the market, you've come to the wrong place. If you want help navigating all the moving pieces of what makes a financial plan successful, tune in and take notes. Welcome back to Managing to Be Wealthy, your weekly financial planning radio show. I'm your host, Stephen Lucan. Today's show, we're talking this tax proposal and the impact it has on society, the taxpayers, uh, the structure itself, right, and and the concepts of of taxation. It, it's it's to me, it's fascinating looking at their judgment of okay, if you make this much money, you're will you can't afford this extra tax. You can't. My thing is, and we've talked about this time and time, time and again, it's we don't have an income tax revenue problem. We have a spending problem. Amen. And, and, right. And that's the same thing with a financial plan. Yep. Right. You either need more revenue, more income or spend less. And usually that's a result of a spending problem. Yep. And I think that's that's the bigger problem uh, we have. And we've we've given a lot of money into into the economy, trillions into the economy in the last uh, 18 months, two years. Somebody's got to pay for it. John, I'm, how do you pay for something like that? It should never happen. Maybe in the first place would be your first uh, answer. Right, but with they all shut those everything down. Giveaway plans, especially yeah. right now, is the uh, unemployment one still running, or did they shut that down finally? I think it's shut down for the most part. Okay, the thank bonus, God. But right. unemployment is still high. Yes, people aren't going to get jobs. Yeah. Why is it, why is that happening? Well, because people have given up the most important ingredient they need to succeed: work. You know, if you're going to succeed at all. You need to work. You want to be a good baseball player. You work at being a good baseball player and you work when nobody else does and you work doing crazy drills and whatever. Same thing is true here. You have to work. So those people have been out of the cycle so long, they're losing their edge and that's going to hurt them when they do go back because they have to go back sooner or later and they won't have the edge. And so the other guy will beat them out. And that's, and that's, you know, the people we talk about in these high tax rates, they work their tails off. They sure do. I, I show me, you know, okay, fine. You can maybe 
uh, give me an example of someone uh, with those trust fund babies, right? Yeah. We can joke about, right? But Tony, we used to joke about them being the best thing for the economy because they spent money hand over fist. Right. Yep. If, <laughs> if you were a trust fund baby who inherited those millions and you had no work ethic and you just want to <laughs> blow your money all weekend, that was a great thing for the local malls, for the service employees, for the world. Talk about trickle-down economics, which I believe in. That's how it works. That's a real thing. Um, yeah, you get me all fired so, up. Yeah, here. and so what, anything in this proposal that stood out to you that's, that irked you? Which one? Yes. Well, <laughs> but, let me hear. Let, another let, three, let the which 3%? Hear it. Yeah. Because 3% seems to be a favorite number in all this. Yeah. So depending upon your AGI, your adjusted gross income, if it was above $5 million, there's a 3% surtax on it. Oh, that. I'm just going to get the rich, though, Tony. Why would you worry about that? Yeah, well, let's say s- that was your perspective. <laughs> if you were someone who just wanted to tax them kind of thing, that's going to trickle down one oh. way or another. How I mean, can you I, say that? Well, I know that 3% less for someone making that much money, we, we can see, we know what they do with it. They save it. They use it for business. They use it for school, for family. They donate it and give it to charity. That's just not going to happen as much. That's all that's going to happen. So if you think about what's an economic multiplier, raising taxes is not it. Yeah. And that, yeah. again, the 3%, just slap it on top. Just right. here's an extra 3%. No problem, you're good. But I say that five million dollars. What if you, you? What if you are a small business owner and you sell that family business that one year? That's 30, a big, right? There's 30, that capital sorry. gain tax. There's that cert tax on the the five million dollars of AGI. They're well, going to nail you. Well, and let's say it out loud, though. I mean, you created that business thirty or forty years ago. You showed up every day. You worked. You barely took vacations, and now you're ready to sell it and enjoy some time with your family. If some of these proposals go through, the idea of treating that like capital gains, because it wasn't something you all earned in one year. It's something you cash in in one year, and that's a big difference. So now, under these proposals, you're giving away almost forty some percent of that, depending on what state you're in. It it might be even higher. So when you sell that family business, which may be $5 million sounds like a lot, but for a lifetime's worth of work, that may be pittance. So the idea of just arbitrarily saying you've got too much, that's what's happening here. Well, and you know where that starts, don't you, Tony? Where? Well, from people who don't have businesses. That's And a good who point. are they? Um, a the, lot of society the now. The professors. Though. Okay. <laughs> the colleges. They get a salary and bonuses whenever they think they want them and uh, they have no concept of what it means to build a business. Uh, I remember when I was studying for my master's degree many, many, many years ago, I had to go through three colleges before I finished because each time I'd get in there in a few few weeks, just when they shut it off, you couldn't get your money back, I would protest and I would stand up in the class. I know you can't imagine this, <laughs> but I would stand up in the class and I would look at the professor and I'd say, you don't know what you're talking about. Have you ever run a business? Do you know anything about a business? Because I was studying a business class, and they would always just look at me and shake their heads no. And you got an F, probably. <laughs> so you're giving the real example of one of my favorite movies, yes. of, uh, Back to School with Rodney oh. Dangerfield. Oh, well, a, oh, yeah. Yeah, same examples, but a yeah. different story. What's a widget? But it was, this is true. What's right, a widget? Right. No, you're yeah, right. It happened the three true. times. The third time I had to stay in, Bobby, maybe. Well, the one that worked me, we talked about the monitoring of our bank accounts, right? How about the monitoring of your 401k accounts? They want to put a limit on your 401k accounts where if your 401k balance is over 2.5 million, that it needs to be reported to the IRS. Again, big brother. So you're not allowed to save. You're saving too much here, John. 
you're whoa, 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 right? And that's, bad boy, bad and, boy. And for people who think $2.5 million is a lot, I beg to differ. That's not going to be a lot. And, and every, when I was a kid, you know, millionaire, millionaire, and I remember a teacher said, you all will have to be millionaires. And we were like, you're crazy. <laughs> and he was obviously smart about it. He knew what he was talking about. I was, you know, 10 years old at the time thinking I'd, I'd be a millionaire. I'd have to be a millionaire. And he obviously was right if I wanted to live the life that my goals are uh, set. But $2.5 in a 401k is not a lot of money. Not a lot. Especially if you think about taking it out at a 40% tax rate. Yeah. Let's do that math then. Yep. That's not 2.5 anymore. So the idea that that's a lot of money, again, do that math with yourself as you're thinking about this. And then since it's in play already, we'll just top another 3% on it. Oh, the 3%. <laughs> you got me again. And and these are and these are the, the slow the slow bleeds right that they now they want to cap the the IRAs the Roth IRA the regular IRA the four hundred one k putting limits on these savings amounts and then say oh you have too much in there you can't contribute these right. are just it just it's it's well, tiresome and I'm, I I think I can speak for all I don't know John but I, it's not that we're over here trying to cry for the rich necessarily either but fundamentally whether it's fairness. Or it's this trickle-down economics and the growth of business and enterprise in our country. It is something you should care about. It's not necessarily, oh, it's not mine. Let them take it. No, that's going to affect us in a roundabout way, one way or another. I mean, there's a reason why all the greatest companies right now were created here or have domiciled here or focused here. There's a reason why our country has this great growth and has been here recently. So if we want that to continue, we should probably keep according to some of these rules that people are saying are outdated. Well, what we've seen from history is get rid of regulations, right? Lower taxes, and what happens? It expands. Everything works. But you we start saw wages up. increase, yep. right? Five started five six years ago. Wage yep. increase was was happening, yep. right? So you talk about inflation, and that was organic. It wasn't through inflation. That was an organic wage increase across the board for minorities. Uh, across the board. So it was a good thing. And these limitations, and Tony, we, what we fail to recognize is the small business owner, that small businesses are this country. Yep. That's what that's what I don't think people recognize. Right. No, again, you, you named the names of a lot of the big businesses you know, and they were once people. Yep. And, and that's the way to, to be think wealthy, about There's it. a big one. Yeah, yep. John Sestina. There you go. <laughs> so we're going to wrap it up there uh we've got a few minutes left a few seconds left but again taxes are very important to understand uh just understand concepts and that's what we're gonna we're gonna continuously talk about on this show uh if you'd like to share this uh, uh podcast with your friends and family you can do it via itunes and or tell your alexa play managing to be wealthy and she will do that for you tune in next week you've been listening to managing to be wealthy on news radio 610 wtvn